Are you ready to get the body and health you've always wanted? It's time to do it. This is Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and now he's all yours. Interviewing the pros in health, wellness, and the fitness field. Get educated and motivated. Let's get to work. From Austin, Texas, this is Bodies by Brent. And this is your host, Brent Ruska. Welcome to Bodies by Brent. I'm your host, Brent Ruska. Welcome to episode 11. Today, we have back Peter Craig talking all about high sex and eros and exploring sexuality with yourself and your partner and how this can benefit your life and your health. So I'm excited for you to tune in. Make sure, subscribe, leave a comment, shoot me a DM at Bodies by Brent ATX. Let me know what kind of other episodes or guests you want to see. I super appreciate it. This podcast is all about helping you reach better health and better fitness. All right, let's get into it. Peter, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, super glad to have you back. I think you were on episode three. I think it was. I Lucky it was, number three. Yeah, uh, and we covered, what did we cover again on that one? Uh, presence in relationships. Yes, that was a great episode, and it led me to wanting to know more, specifically getting into the uh, more of a intentional uh, sexuality, which I'm super pumped about. But I want to know, what was the response from that episode? Did you send it to any clients? Yeah, um, I had great response. I had friends all over the, the country. Someone in uh, South Dakota was saying they're sharing it with their friends. Yeah. And so it was really nice to hear. What do you feel like people took away from it on your end? Um, just taking responsibility to be intentional about your relationship. You know, yeah. we're all just kind of on automatic mode so much of the time that it takes a, a shift sometimes to think about, well, how do I actually want this to go that's different? And that takes kind of swimming against the stream. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And from that, that's why I'm excited to have you here to talk about intentional sexuality or connecting in a very intimate way because I feel like if you can connect with somebody in an intimate way, whether it be you or your partner, it's going to help you with your fitness and health goals, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the most important person in your life is that significant other, or if you're not with that significant other, it's going to be the relationship with yourself mm -hmm. as well. Yep. And in order to have a good relationship with yourself, your significant other, you need to be in tune with each other. Mm -hmm. And a good way to, I don't know, be connected at that very deep core level all starts with, I mean, we're just primal animal beings, mm -hmm. starts with that, sex yep and i think you can take your relationship to another level if you be very intentional with that absolutely so why, how did you get into exploring this topic and learning more about it yeah so the the long story yeah um in high school you might be able to relate you know i was relatively insecure as a you know coming into my sexuality not really sure what's going on and girlfriend at the time, we, you know, it was always rushed or we didn't have privacy. And so there's kind of this hurry up and this shame and this secrecy and, and, um, you know, not very happy with how my sexuality was, you know, it felt like, you know, not lasting as long as I wanted and just not having again, that, that space to really enjoy and savor that it, was, it felt like kind of sneaking moments here and there. Yeah. And so in my 20s, I, I ended up dating someone who was very sexually empowered and sexually expressed. And it was kind of a shock to me how there's no shame in it. And so really, at that point, really, for the first time, getting into more intentional sexuality of being able to get past my own guilt and judgment. And so I could be more present. Yeah. And also... Uh, explore more of myself in sex, you know, making more noise, trying different positions, trying different things. And, and then eventually getting to Tantra, which kind of brought a sacred element of uh, having intention around cultivating energy and meaning together in a way that when we're in automatic mode or just trying to get laid, you don't actually, there's not that extra layer of uh, transformation that can happen. Yeah. Tell me about that experience meeting somebody who introduce you to a new way of connecting on an intimate level what was that first experience like 
Yeah, well, it was great. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> like, hey, you want to have sex a lot for a long time? <laughs> oh, okay, that's a dream. Okay, for cool. a while. Um, and it, it kind of coincided with some of my mentors giving me this book called Sexual Secrets. Okay. Uh, and so anyone who's interested, I would highly recommend that book. Is that it, the book you recommended? That, that was... No, it's the art of sexual ecstasy. Yes. So those two um, are incredible. And sexual secrets came first and the other one's 10 years later, but they're both similar in terms of uh, initiating people into a more intentional way of connecting and having intimacy. And so I, we ended up, if I could share this one story, after reading that book some, it's starting to bring in some of those tantric ideas like imagining an energy bubble surrounding you that's kind of protecting and channeling all this energy that's physical energy into emotional connection and you know whatever higher purpose you want to bring into that and we had such great sex that we kind of dissolved our sense of self i had like a spiritual experience where i there was no subject object it was just kind of floating in this bliss state of connection and it really changed my life i can tell you the day it happened it was february 23rd 2013 wow okay (laughs) and and from that point on would you say it's kind of like a flow state or is it slightly different? Um, yeah, in terms of like there's a brain chemistry shift and a kind of neurotransmitter shift. Yeah, definitely. But it was it really changed the way I thought about sexuality and it changed the way I related to myself that, that we can yeah. have a sense of deep connection with life and ongoingly through cultivating our, our sexual energy. How did, it, how did that experience change you other than wanting to explore more? Um, a passion for you know, how do we bring more vitality into the mundane? You know, that's one thing Tantra is, is about weaving sacredness or, or magic into the mundane. And that can be hard to do when we're just overwhelmed with life. So it's a practice and it takes intention, but, um, finding more magic and slowing down and being present to, you know, driving by the beautiful trees in our neighborhood or, um, just appreciating the feeling in my hands and things that seem simple or even boring, but actually there's more magic in it. That's something I've been trying to carry that energy with me since then. Yeah. That's really cool. Do you know a little bit of the history of Tantra? Yeah. So I'm always curious. I always get confused. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, what is it? What is it not from what I understand? And I could be totally wrong. It was kind of a, it was a Renaissance peer, period in India or mm-hmm. somewhere around there where yeah. The yogis were very staying away from any kind of like very like withdrawing every senses of like any kind of pleasure. It was a little bit of a rebellion, but I I may not. I, I yeah, that could be totally that's right so far. Yeah, yeah, uh, is it? Yeah. yeah. So do you know uh, when that started? Late four hundreds is what scholars are saying now. Even though some people will say it kind of predates it predates that it's like ancient, even thousands of years before that oral tradition, practicing being intimate, just like without even knowing it's a practice. Yeah. It's kind of merging from more shamanistic, more kind of nature based, uh, religion and, and spirituality. And, and so there's a Renaissance in Indian culture from 400 to 1100 ish is when they're putting, when Tantra was really popular. Okay. It was transgressive is the word they use that I find fascinating. It's when I'm against the grain of cultural norms. That's a cool word. So they do crazy stuff like meditate in cemeteries to be like, yo, we're going to die. And so let's get intimate with death. No one wants to talk about that maybe, but, um, and then they were also like women were allowed to be in the practice, which was not, you know, with the Vedas, there's like rigid kind of, caste system in india that was okay. part of that and so it's kind of a rebellion against that and there are even women spiritual teachers which you know is not common in that time and place okay. so it was uh kind of against the grain in that way and it was also about it was a householder tradition so you don't have to go off into a cave and meditate for 20 years you can actually be a normal person with a job and a wife and and a partner and do these practices that's cool so super practical yeah, and well, the and the practices and rituals were like pretty long, and and they're quite an ordeal. And so, you know, the us looking at that, we're like, I don't have time for all that. But but we but we yeah. can actually take some of the wisdom of that and creating yeah. rituals, so we can talk more about those. And I think in that book you uh, recommended to me, mm-hmm. uh, she talks about how these practices, like anything that we get from the past, need to be updated for you know our modern times. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about is taking some of these practices that they did back then to reach this level of sounds like spiritual waking or being more just, you know, aware of the beauty of life, just mm-hmm. like more vibrant with life. Yeah. Rare, 
is, and I think one of the terms, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, is like eros is a big yeah. term in tantra or higher sexuality. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what eros yeah. is. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful word. And when you think of eros or erotic, we get pretty nice images, I imagine, in, For sure. in our minds, right? And eros is the creative life force itself. So you could say the glue of everything is erotic is eros is erotic energy is the universe kind of spiraling around itself yeah and so in some traditions eros is really uh what the creative aspect of everything so our raw sexual energy is eros in motion in a way and the art of high sex or tantra or intentional sexuality is channeling that raw primal sexual energy that's natural and biological and we shouldn't shame or resist it yes but channel it and in one sense, kind of disperse it through our whole body so we can have like multi-orgasms or kind of feel bliss through our whole body beyond the conventional sexual kind of tr tapes we play out and, um, and you know, the, bring it up to kind of our higher consciousness of merging with intention and emotion. And, you know, you can pursue pleasure for pleasure's sake, and that's fine. And Tantra is basically saying you can find God through pleasure or anything else. You don't need to, you don't need to turn away from your senses and the delight of our senses to experience connection or the divine. Yeah. Um, but it's not just about pleasure. It's about transcendence or, you know, connecting with your partner, like being a, a team and a unit and something more meaningful than just you on your own. So it doesn't have to be some spiritual lofty thing, but it can be just connecting more deeply with your partner in a way that brings you more fulfillment and more vitality. Yeah. And vitality for sure. Tell me a little bit about the benefits of an orgasm <laughs> sure yeah i get yeah. to this is because it's, study it's, this there's, there's a lot no of there's, there's a lot you, you, i'm sure you yeah the i mean i'm sure there's a cascade of positive chemical things that happen uh yeah tell me <laughs> yeah yeah so our, our tolerance for pain goes up um regulating our nervous system getting healthy releases of uh, neurotransmitters in our brain, relaxing our muscles, uh, bringing blood flow and circulation to our body. These are all health benefits, which are great. Yeah. And there's also kind of an alchem alchemical element of um, being able to surrender. So Wilhelm Reich is a very famous, he was called Freud's pet. He was kind of a t very high up in the psychoanalytic society in the early days of, of therapy. Okay. And he found that we form body armoring when we don't allow our orgasmic release. And so this starts as children when we get shamed for our sexuality, don't touch yourself, don't be too excited. And we start to limit our expression, not just sexually, but in every sense. And we all have this in a natural way. It's part of the conditioning into society. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but we can end up body armoring in terms of having rigidity in our pelvis, a lot of men, you know, um, and rigidity in our throat and, and kind of a physical manifestation of not having that release of orgasmic surrender. So, um, so the kind of invitation I'm making here is how can we create a situation where we can relax and feel safe enough to let go and surrender at new and deeper levels to that orgasmic energy so that we can let it flow through us in ways that can bring energy to our work and to our relationships and to our creative projects. And that's exciting. Yeah. And I think that's important because if you have areas that you consciously or unconsciously feel shame, you're not letting the full amount of energy or just your life to flow through you. And if you're trying to make your body change, get mm -hmm. better health, your, your, you know, what is it? Epige epigenetics, yeah. right? You know, yeah. if you're thinking these unconscious or conscious negative thoughts about these different things, you could lead to health problems or it could be holding you back from even getting your body to change because you're just at war with it. Exactly. And you don't even know about it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a big piece is the whole change of like loving your body no matter what in culture right now is amazing. You still need to be at a certain level so you don't get sick and disease, but it really does, as cliche as it sounds, you need to love yourself like, and this is a way of loving yourself to get your body to change, right? And it all starts with this getting intimate with yourself through touch and sensation and breathing. And you can release some of that stuff. And you, or you can become aware of like, damn, I didn't know if I had prop, you know, I didn't know I, I like felt these emotions when I touched myself here or here or 
whatnot. And that can affect then your relationships and then that affects everything. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's why we're, why we want to have this conversation. It feels so relevant that the kind of cultural soup, there's still a lot of shame around. It's not okay to be a sexual being and you're, you're either over aggressive, this kind of like toxic masculine archetype, or you're kind of this weak kind of unsexual kind of, um, aspect and so like can't we have a healthy sexuality where we are encouraging our vitality and our flow of that sexual energy and that kind of goes against the grain of some of these conventional stereotypes that that it takes energy to love our body and accept it when we have media trying to make us consumers of being insecure about certain things so we buy more shit or something yes and so how do we reclaim that innocence if i could use that word to like feel at home in ourselves and at ease in our body. And I think most people can relate the like people who have a lot of erotic energy. They have a kind of magnetism because they feel at ease in their body and they feel accepting of themselves. Yes. And it's not about having the perfect image because a lot of, you know, people who have that who are very neurotic or self-conscious and then you're yes. like, Oh, well, you know, so how can we re-inhabit our bodies and own whatever we got and love it? And it's a practice because there are negative emotions and negative beliefs to to gum through and the idea of intentional sexuality is being able to use sexual energy kind of wash through those negative emotions or negative beliefs and feel pleasure and kind of turn towards our pleasure and by following our desire we can get more in connection with ourselves and then that kind of flows out into everything yeah i love that that's and that's really to me it's like what is beauty what is attraction right it's like it it really is as human beings people we find really beautiful or attractive there is some element of the physical but really when somebody's embodied and they just they they're they're you physically feel this energy pull towards them because they have that they have this full embodiment of just love for themselves and they don't i feel have this shame where you can have someone that maybe through an image looks gorgeous but a five-minute interaction and you're like they completely change of how they look. Yeah. And this is why this is so important for people to you. Everybody should have some kind of practice of being mindful with themselves and with their mm-hmm. partner through sex. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, tell me a little bit about, so high sex is, how would you def- define that? Let's redefine it again. Yeah. Um, consciously creating our own desire and paying attention to what we desire and creating a space where we can slow down into being curious about what we desire and what our partner desires and turn towards our pleasure. And so there's a sacred aspect you could say, and, but it's not about religious dogma. I want to take that away. And that's why we're not talking just Tantra and quick sidebar, um, Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich. I don't know if you've read that book. Yeah. And he talks, one of the chapters is every single person who was a leader had highly developed sex natures. And he talked about the art of sex transmutation. I had no idea. Yeah. What is sex transmutation? So it's, he's talking about, it's not just the physical, you know, we all as biologically, we have this natural instinct for sexuality that again, we shouldn't shame or repress, but allow to flow and channel. And so that destructive elements come from that repression and that kind of disturbance instead of following kind of combining with our emotional and love energy. So having intention of, you know, you can do, you know, kind of sex magic. I don't know if that's sounds, when it's another kind of tangent, I guess, but uh, it's just using intention around yeah. cultivating sexual energy. And so every leader that he interviewed had a very deliberate practice of taking their raw sexual energy and all the emotions and ups and downs of the stress of business and everything into love for their partner or into a creative idea they're working on and that act uh, can can lead to some a different result than just yeah. a conventional script of you just get off and you get some relaxation or a little bit of connection and that's yeah. it so it's it's like you're taking the energy and alchemizing it exactly yeah yeah so you don't need tantra per se to do that but tantra is a lineage where there's a lot of initiations into the art of ritual how to create those rituals to experience that that's uh, that's super rad. I had no idea. Napoleon Hill. Yeah. 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 I had to circle back and reread that because it's like, well, this is so relevant to what we're yeah. talking about. I imagine when you first started, when you got introduced uh, to this with the the first girl you were with, it was probably a little bit overwhelming. 
I mean, I don't know for you, but as a man, or I feel like most men, to be able to express, uh, you know, what you want, how you feel, to be very present can be extremely vulnerable. Yeah. And for men, uh, I think society teaches men like sex is one way. Right. Probably women a little bit too. Yeah. And then movies give you some ideas yeah. of fantasy of how things should be. Yeah. But I know for myself, like going to those deeper layers uh, and communicating that that in the beginning is very intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, what was your experience when you first yeah. got into that? Yeah, I would say so. And um, I found as, as I've been doing this work that I come up against parts where it's hard for me to ask for what I want, where I'm conditioned to see what other people might want and kind of meet them there, kind of my people pleasing element. And so it's been a conscious practice to come up with the edges of if you have someone who's right there saying, well, what do you want? And they're actually really available for that conversation. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. know, so there's a period of this kind of like awkwardness and, and discomfort. So the kind oh, of challenge yeah. for everybody is to, to create some practices and rituals and, and stick to it for a little bit as an experiment and see if you can get get past that layer into kind of the juice of being able to express how you feel more or have hard conversations that you've, been taught to avoid but then actually there's relief and more connection on the other side so for me um it 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 felt very uncomfortable to be like well i actually kind of want to touch you like this or i have a fantasy that's this yeah and that'd be okay again my catholic shame upbringing where it's just like having sexual desire is inherently wrong or sinful which is is a modern con i mean it's it's not that new but it's it's not most of human history, that yeah. wasn't even anything on our radar because we are biological beings. And so yeah. part of what we're talking about here is just renormalizing sexuality as a healthy part of our lives and that yeah. bringing some care to it can be a very positive thing. Yeah. And to not, you know, you have to go into that place of, can I ask for this? Yeah. And is this a shameful yeah. thing? Like, should I feel bad? Like, there's so many layers to when someone is like, yeah. well, what do you like? That's intense. <laughs> yeah. Some people can easily just, but yeah. it's intense. Yeah. Uh, and to be that vulnerable with your partner, that I feel bring, can bring you back to such a loving connection with each other. Yeah. And if you can keep, I mean, that's the deepest core of communication to be like, what do you, what brings you pleasure yeah. on that intimate level? Mm-hmm. Like you can't be any more, I mean, can you be any more vulnerable yeah. than that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm naked literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's get into what are practices yeah. individuals can do like from the very beginning, like, okay. I'm, I'm into it. I'm all about this. How do I begin to practice? And I think you can tell me, is it better to practice on yourself first or with your partner or what does it matter? Yeah. Both, you know, wherever you're at. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first thing is just getting in touch with your body and your desire. So there's an intellectual element of like, well, what's been peak experiences for you? You know, like I'm actually going to be launching a course on this coming up so we can talk a little bit at that yeah. at the end. Um, but look, what are your peak erotic experiences and what were those like? And can you journal about those and get back in touch with those qualities that gave you vitality and passion or fulfillment and pull that thread into your present? So part of that is like what you could write about what your fantasies are, or I've made lists of, of top fantasies or turn ons and, so there's an, there's a kind of mind element of that, but then it's really more about reconnecting with your body as well. I think we talked a bit, a little bit about this last time, but we're so rush, rush, rush to the next thing. It's hard to slow down and just see what's there because mm-hmm. we have an idea of what we think we should like, or what we think our partner should do, or what we think is how we should have our sexual experience. When we slow down and actually feel like, what do I feel in my hands and what do I feel in my body? And when I think about doing this certain thing with you, do I get a gut punch or do I feel relaxed and excited? And so really tuning into that. So how do we tune into that? Um, You know, having some kind of mindfulness practice and, uh, you know, that's something we can guide people through, but uh, just having a practice of closing your eyes, maybe if you're naked, if you feel open to that and just feeling your skin, you know, and just touching your body without having an agenda, the goal orientation takes us so much away from our body into our mind, especially with another person of performance. So, um, yeah, giving yourself the space, you know, a lot of our masturbation scripts are probably like on a screen hunched over in this kind of whatever. Can you like lay down and relax and create pleasure or just even notice what your body feels like without trying to get somewhere 
And that might feel weird to even talk about, but that's, you know, an easy, or it's a, a start. Yeah. It makes sense. Like if you, if you can't be comfortable touching your own body, it's going to get real weird if you have somebody else touching <laughs> your body this, like yeah. and your ability to actually enjoy it. Yeah. Cause you'll probably be out of your body. And I think like what you're saying is the first step is really, you need to be in your body. Yeah. So you need some kind of practice, whether it's yoga, meditation, some kind of mindfulness practice to be present in your body. Because yeah. if you can't do that, you can't really go into any of these other practices, and it's going to make it a little bit challenging. Exactly. And yeah. kind of pairing that with a self-acceptance, self-love practice where it's like, can you be kind to yourself? Can you celebrate your body as it is? And, you know, we all have different hangups, again, from the cultural expectations. Are you I'm too missed this and too much here and uh, too little here or whatever? And so can you foster a practice of trying to be accepting towards your body as you feel pleasure and kind of be like, it's okay to feel this. This feels good. I can feel good in my body. I can love my body as it is. And as we develop that, there's kind of more information again with that slowing down, there's more like, Oh, maybe actually what feels good for me is this. And that starts coming from our instinct or intuition or our kind of dialed in sense and so developing that intuition of what feels good yeah. from our body and from our emotion instead of just from our our brain yeah. that's a great pathway yeah uh for me that's one way i kind of judge when i'm around people or going to potentially move into a new relationship is really paying attention because i've done a lot of mindfulness practices so i feel like i'm pretty in my body mm-hmm. and really when trusting how my body's feeling yep. Like each time I'll, as a practice when I'm around somebody or somebody I might be attracted to, it's like, how does my body feel? Cause mm-hmm. I've gotten in situations where my body was like so anxious and like, this is not a good idea. <laughs> but my mind was like, this girl's gorgeous yeah. and, and I'm going to continue to date her anyways. <laughs> yeah. And it went down <laughs> in flames. Yeah. But my body the whole time was like 10 red flags. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I imagine once you're embodied and you're in your body and you you can just be like hey body what do you think you can uh, be in tune with it yeah. then when you're being intimate you can just follow follow the hot follow the cold yeah and then eventually like it sounds like you just got lost mm-hmm. and then it's just there's no thinking yep and that's kind of the ultimate goal it sounds like yeah it's or, that, or a potential yeah end goal it's you know you're talking about that trust trusting yourself trusting your 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 intuition your instinct and when you can trust yourself then you can surrender so that's you know spiritual practice of surrender or even just a physical sexual act can you surrender you know we have resistances we have armoring against our partners or our own pleasure can we slowly melt those by being accepting of ourselves and trusting and and then allowing that surrender and that's where the deeper and deeper states of ecstasy come yeah that's awesome do you have other practices you give individual clients to just do with themselves yeah. So one of them is called waking the hands. Okay. And so we'll guide people through this on the course that I'm mentioning that we're going to do because it's getting that experiential initiation can be really helpful having a teacher. Uh, but it's basically get really comfortable where you're not using any muscles. So even like some neck support, so you're not holding your head up and then get an object in your hands and just start touching it for three to five minutes. And what you tend to notice is it's hard to just pay attention to that. And we're rushing and we're not noticing that much. And as you build the practice, you start to feel more in your hands. Cool. And you start to notice, oh, this feels really good. And uh, this doesn't feel as good. And I really like this. And that is just a language that we don't get initiated into. No one's teaching us this. But slowing down and noticing what's happening in our hands. So our hands have more neurons for pleasure than almost any other part of our body besides our genitals and lips. Wow. So we see our hands as tools all the time. Right. And, um, and so being able to realize our hands are one of our greatest gifts of pleasure and they have information like what feels good for your hands. And so seeing if you can take pleasure with your hands, it's so it's deceptively simple because it's like, Oh, that's boring. I don't want to do that. But if you actually have a practice of it, I challenge anyone out there to try it. You start to notice a richer world of sensation and that instinct of Ooh, go this way, don't go that way, keep following this. And and then that kind of translates to your whole body and then being able to share that with a partner. That that I love that. That reminds me of, you know, when you as a guy or a girl growing up, the first time you like touch 
a girl's hand that you're attracted to like when you're in junior high yeah how like insane those little simple things like you hug a girl mm-hmm. right you touch her hand like yeah. it those those pleasure experiences didn't go away we just became more unmindful exactly and so it sounds like you can bring back all that intensity that juiciness of of those little subtle experiences and how that can just translate into all of your life Exactly. There's more to notice when you slow down and you're mindful. There's just more information and more richness. And that's kind of, again, Tantra is weaving the mundane into the sacred of just being able to notice that richness and feel it in an embodied sense. Yeah. So for partners, that so step one is kind of awakening that embodiment we're talking about. And then two is this called the three minute game. So this is a great practice for anyone listening there's two questions. How would you like to touch me for three minutes? Oh. And how would you like me to touch you for three minutes? Yeah. And again, deceptively simple, but it, it opens up these different areas. So, okay, well, I have to figure out what I want. How, how would you like, or how, how would you like me to touch you? If I ask you that, that then there's a little bit of a squirm there. Well, like, well, can I actually say what I first came to mind yeah. or do I even know what I want? Do I actually have permission? Yeah. So again, the kind of emotional safety element, like we talked about kind of more of relationship building security in your relationship. That's a foundation to be able to really fly with these kinds of practices. When you already have that kind of built in safety with the partner or someone you trust, then you can get to the edges, which is like, well, I've never been asked that before, <laughs> but actually I've got, you know, if you feel really good, if you just stroked my arm like this, like my, you know, it used to happen when I was younger and it felt so good and I just never get that now. Yeah. And then you pause. So the way, the way the practice works and you can look it up online. So you do it right. There's videos you can watch on how people do it. So you can kind of get the initiation. Yeah. You, there's a pause and the answer, the question is, can I give a full hearted yes to this? So if you said, you know, give me a neck massage and first you would pause before you say that to really check in with your body. What do you really want? Not again, what you think you should want. And then you make your request and then am I a full yes to that? So that's a skip uh, step. We skip, you know, well, they want me to do it, especially as men. I think we're just like, we're supposed to do whatever the female wants or our partner wants. Yeah. Cause that's like, that's our duty. Yep. Um, which can be great sometimes if we're really a full hearted yes on that. But if we're not, then there's a lot of resentment or games playing where we're just kind of dancing around that. Yeah. So can we pause and can I, do I really, am I really willing to do that? And if we're not, then we can negotiate. Well, how about we do this? I'd be willing to do that. Yeah. Um, and so this game is is miracle working, I think, honestly, because you get to those edges of, well, I haven't felt comfortable asking for more or something more sexual or something weirder or whatever. And so it's about like, can you take a risk to just let it rip and see what happens? Your partner doesn't have to do it if you ask for it. Yeah. And so again, there's that trust that, you can respect their no or their yes. And they, that they can be responsible for their own uh, response to that. And, and then how would you like me to touch you for three minutes? Um, is that the same question I repeated? I can't remember. No. So I'm asking how I want you to touch me. Yeah. And then you have to say, you have to say, like, I have to ask you, are you a full? Yes. Cause yeah. we have to be in agreement. Right. That, that's correct. Right. Yeah. I yeah. ask, and then you have to say, full. and then yeah. now I'm asking you, how mm-hmm. you want me to touch you. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then I have to say I'm a full yes. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's a, a serving element of it's for your other person's pleasure. And then there's a receiving element where it's for your pleasure. So these are different categories and Got we it. don't tend to take them apart. And it's kind of just a mutual exchange of hopefully a, a wonderful uh, engagement. Yes. Uh, but when we distinguish them, there's, we get against these edges I'm talking about. So if you're serving your partner, can you actually really pay attention to their body and how they're responding and get feedback? Do you like this? You want more faster, slower. We, we tend to lose a lot of that in the conventional sexual script where it's just kind of harder, faster is what I know I, I learned growing up, which is like, Oh yeah, that's still the script on TV. You know, a lot of the time yep. it's like, for, especially for men, can we slow down and attune to our partner and, again, with the serving element of these questions, can you actually really be serving your other person and not get lost in your thoughts too much or like come back into your hands and really get that feedback from them and pay attention. Um, and so each 
those questions given and received are four different elements of giving and receiving touch. Okay. And so the question is, who is it for? And that's something we don't distinguish often. It's like, can I give you a hug? You're like, sure. Well, is it because I want to give you a hug and it's for my pleasure? Or is it because I want to serve you and give that for yourself? Yes. And so sometimes we don't need to, to clarify that. It's like, well, we both hug each other, whatever, who cares? Yeah. Um, but when it gets to intimacy and like deepening layers of bliss and connection, there's a lot that can happen. So another exercise people can take away from this is doing a giving and receiving separately with your partner. So make, you know, set aside 30 minutes or just 15 or an hour if you can, or more. So like one person is fully giving to the other and the other person's fully receiving. And so that can be like a full body massage. That could be a penis or yoni massage or whatever, but there's something that can deepen by really letting one person surrender more and not have to be thinking of performance because yes. we're so, there's so much conditioning on performance. Understandable. You want your partner to be pleased, yeah. but you're guessing what they need. A lot of the time we don't yeah. communicate during sex enough, at least as men in my experience, you know, where it's like weird to be talking or something, but I've learned, yeah. uh, over time, like the more vocal I am both in like moaning and letting sound out that like helps relax my body and move erotic energy. Yeah. And also like give feedback to my partner. Like, how's this feel? Or do you want more of this? And, I think there's a sense of like men, we're supposed to already have it all figured out. And so we're supposed to just deliver it on this perfect platter. Yeah. But then if our other partner isn't giving feedback, we could be missing entirely and not know. And that's like, if you look at the statistics for orgasm, most women don't orgasm through sex unless there's clitoral stimulation. Okay. So it's like, Hey guys, like let's make sure we get there and we really yeah. let the, our partners feel a full orgasmic experience and we can have it. And then that's going to deepen connection and yeah. happiness and all the layers of that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, how, how have you seen these practices change your clients' lives? Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Cause it's, it's not just about sex. It's about channeling our emotional energy. When we realize that our raw sexual energy is not wrong, it's just natural. It's okay to feel desire. If you see someone walking by and you feel a lot of charge in your body, you should not feel that or ignore it or turn away. You can like breathe it into your heart and bring it home to your partner. When you see them bring your erotic presence and, and juice. So, um, and then with the three minute game there, there's more vulnerability and there's more connection because you're able to say, well, no, <laughs> I don't want to touch you like that. And now you have a voice where, a lot of times we endure or tolerate touch. We don't want, especially women like in sex, they're like lie down and get it over. It's like, damn, that sucks. Yeah. And then you're going to go your whole relationship just missing pleasure. Yeah. So this is a communication exercise. You can play this game with no touch and just say, like, I, you could, you know, you know, what would you like to say for three minutes or how you can just say it in fantasy of like, yeah, yeah. well, I could touch you like this. <laughs> yeah. How do you want me to do the dishes? <laughs> you want to do it slow? You want me to do it? <laughs> oh yeah. Put those plates just like that. There you go. I mean, Hey, whatever, hey, whatever turns whatever you on, turns whatever you brings on. that dish fetish, you know, yeah. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So just being able to communicate, be able to say like, Oh, why don't we try this instead of, withholding that and swallowing because you're afraid of their reaction you're creating a practice space it's just like with with couples i'm a couples therapist it's like put a date night on the calendar every week or every two weeks if you're super busy or whatever and it doesn't mean you have to have sex or that you have to go to a fancy restaurant it could just be like eye gazing and playing three minute game and just enjoying each other's presence without distraction and there's so much richness that can come from that where we're getting to new territory of I've never asked for this before. I've never been able to say no to this before. And you can actually listen to it and honor my no. That's such a huge thing in this consent. Like, you know, teaching consent is the part of the course that we're going to do is, is how do you have more embodied consent? Because people are, are saying yes and no from their heads instead of their bodies. And so we get into a lot of trouble or we cause harm or we just miss the juiciness that's available. And let's shift that. <laughs> yeah. And if that rolls into your relationship, like, man, I really need space for my partner and I love my partner, but maybe I need a vacation with my girls or the guy needs more time alone or and you stop asking for the things you really need and you just build up these resentments or anger or whatever it is. And it just keeps pushed under the rug where if you learn to communicate your needs, you're going to flourish. Yep. 
and it's just an art and a practice, right? Cause it's like, well, I get in conflicts with my girlfriend and it's like, oh shit, I did that thing automatically again. I didn't pay attention. Yep. And so it was just recalibrating and again, having a spirit of practice and kindness towards yourself is really, you know, the non-judgmental attitude as you get into new territory, starts around sex. There's so much judgment and shame. Can we have a spirit of uh, trusting ourselves and being non-judgmental? And when we do that, we can have shifts with our partner in new space and communicate in ways that we have been afraid to, or just no one's ever asked me that. And then beautiful things can happen. And I get, it's really, really fulfilling to see that with partners where you can sense that it's a felt sense where they both can be themselves more in their bodies yeah. and allow that and trust that and be curious about it instead of have a script that it doesn't fit or they try to jam it in. And then, and so that's, that's a gift that, I want to keep giving. That's awesome. What's one more like really juicy practice for couples to try out? (laughs) Um, So setting a container sounds maybe, so I want to do like a one, two, three. So Charlie Glickman is a sex educator. I got to go to one of his trainings called advanced skills and pleasure and consent. Cool. Like the title of that. It's dope. And so he says that there's three elements of a sexual experience. There's the container. Okay. There's attention and attunement. So with the container, like, can you set up the space? You know, if you're like going to have a girl over or if your girlfriend's coming over, like, don't you want to like clean the dishes and, you know, like make it nice and maybe light some candles and put on some incense. And you don't have to do that every day if that's weird. But like, again, with the date night, can you create a container? So you can do that on your own or you can do that with a partner to create a sacred space. If you want to call it that to have a different experience to have a kind of mark that this is different. So it's simple, but having ritual around the senses. So you create this container where you make the space feel cozy and inviting. And maybe there's incense and there's nice colors and tapestries. And we, you know, out here there's a beautiful space we're in here and they have like a beautiful little kind of altar space and a bell and these beautiful objects. And so like instruments. So creating a container that feels like you're exiting the ordinary world into the tantric landscape, nice, um, or just into a, a different shifting modes from that doing thinking mind into like relaxation, bliss, yeah, um, slowing down that is really overlooked i think and we just rush into the normal sexual scripts so creating a container and then with that mindfulness practice how much can you pay attention to your partner and attune to them and that's just more of an ongoing skill but i guess to respond to your question like creating that container yeah and if you're willing i would say do things like eye gazing with your partner is very vulnerable and i have clients do it in session all the time because it gets past the layers of the mind that don't want to connect that are just going to be in the story of you're right or you're wrong and I'm right. And so just doing eye gazing, sitting across from each other for one, two, three minutes. Can you, can you do that and get to a soft gaze where you're really feeling seen and being and seeing, I, I think a lot of complaints from couples are that they don't feel fully seen by their partner. And they probably don't slow down to drop into that space where they're just looking kind of undefended with each other. And then the erotic energy really starts flowing. Yeah. So reconnecting doesn't need to be this big ordeal. You just literally need three minutes to just sit and gaze in each other's eyes. And you can have a profound experience and connection and shift things in your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And you could add on to that doing deep breathing together. Again, with the doing thinking mind, we're in our sympathetic state and we're uh, hearts beating faster and we're less present. And so can we slow our breaths, breathe into our belly and breathe together? That can be a connecting thing to really, and it starts shifting our brain chemistry, shifting our brain waves into a more kind of coherent state. Cool. And again, that might seem weird, but just treat it as an experiment. Can you sit across from each other, breathe together, look in each other's eyes and see what that does? Yeah. I'm super into it. Yeah. So you got this course coming up. Tell me about that. Yeah. So the great erotic reset. That's the name. Yeah. That's dope. And we're going to guide people through a six week course of the psychology of eroticism. So how to understand your mind and your eros so that you can use it to your advantage and kind of channel it instead of the chaos of our, uh, not really knowing how to understand our desire and the embodiment practices of connecting with your body and your hands 
and how to give and receive touch with your partner in ways that feel really good, really consensual and more pleasure. That's cool. So what, who should take this course and when is it available? Yeah. So we're going to launch it. We'll, we'll do a couple of free classes in August. Okay. Cool. So you can tune in to that and it's really for anyone. If you're single, you can take it and learn about yourself in ways and again with the, some of the embodiment stuff on your own and if you're partnered you can take it with your partner and have a whole lot of practices to do together to feel more connection more vitality more passion yeah and more joy is it so it's a it's an online course mm-hmm. got it and there's one or two free classes coming up in august yeah, two and then, free classes and then that's when it will be launched yeah september 8th is the first and then you can you have to take it when it starts or you can take it yeah it's got it it'll be live okay august yeah. August 18th is the first free class. That's awesome. Yeah. How did you, how did, so tell me about what made you decide to start a course? Yeah. So one of my friends who's a sex educator in Austin, she runs the sacred sexuality meetup. She's done that for years. Cool. Um, we both discovered the work of Jack Morin in his book, the erotic mind. And he was a famous sex therapist who got, got a ton of surveys from people on their sexual experiences, their fantasies, their peak experiences and formed kind of a whole map of how we can have sexual healing and empowerment through understanding how eroticism works. And so it's a gift of a book, but he passed away and it's just like, no one's teaching this stuff. And so we decided together, we want to teach this with the embodiment work of Betty Martin. And so the three minute game is something she teaches. I learned from her. Cool. And so we're taking those pieces of work together and then also our own sprinkles. Yeah, for sure. Uh, to create an experience to help people reconnect with their deepest sense of self. And it's an honor to get to be a part of that. That's awesome. Uh, do you have anything else you want to share? Hmm. <laughs> Gosh, there's so much to talk about here. Any, yeah. Lay it on me. Yeah. Uh, let's see what comes to mind in this moment just an invitation to where's your edge? Where would you like more fulfillment where you feel less connected to your desire, your passion in the mundane overwhelm of the world and everything we've been going through all as a society. It's I've felt disconnected from myself and it it takes effort to kind of regain that. So really inviting everyone to intentionalize creating space to reconnect with your body and your pleasure and your, and your emotions and your love, you know, Napoleon Hill talks about, it's like the quality of love is what really all these leaders, there's, there's that alchemy really happens when it's not just a physical relief, uh, or for something that's more, uh, mundane, but it's, it's for like openness and, you know, the deepest love, like, can you open your heart more? And so our society often, doesn't really have that message in it. It's all consumeristic kind of win the game of life, but it's not necessarily like finding more fulfillment. And so, you know, it's okay to want to have more fulfillment in your sex life. And then that can overflow into having more creative energy to fill your life with more meaning and wanting to invite everyone into that together. That's awesome. You kind of just answered this. Okay. So every week I have people Uh, I give a folk, your focus for the week, a focus for the week to give people a goal or intention. You kind of just gave a good intention, but (laughs) let's give one more. Sure. An individual focus for people who are in the, like that want to do an individual practice and then, uh, and, uh, focus for couples to take from this episode, literally just take something other than that amazing thing you just told (laughs) me, but one more deeper practice after that for each individual and couple's to you know implement all of these different strategies and and this uh, well-being you can get from these practices what's something they can either focus on could be from reading to intention setting to action i just want people each time they listen to these yeah. to be moving forward towards better health yeah yeah devotion how can we be devotional on an individual practice how can you be devotional to yourself and honor yourself? And so a specific practice is just laying down quietly and just feeling your body and and just seeing like, what, what do you desire and what feels good? And I, I think that we don't necessarily get initiated into this devotion to ourselves and it's not narcissistic. It's not superficial. It's like, 
the world doesn't necessarily say, uh, take care of us. We have to take care of ourselves. And so just infusing your life with a sense of devotion to yourself and being kind to yourself. And maybe that's the same thing I said last time, but it's great. It's, um, that's just what I'm feeling as you're asking me that. And even with that's couples, a hard practice. Exactly. So it's a good reminder. Yeah. And, and for couples, yeah. How can you see your partner as the divine? If that's a language for you or just see them as an expression of something beyond you, that's really beautiful and having a practice of being devotional towards each other. And so that's like saying kind things, saying heartfelt things, being vulnerable. Uh, but really uh, like I, my partner's so amazing. And, and when I really take responsibility to be devotional to her, even my ego might feel like I got to do work or something, but the gift is, is so rejuvenating to feel like I can pour all of my love into her and then she can receive it and then pour that all back into me. And that's such a gift to take it beyond just the, like, we're, we're a team who's surviving in the world together to, you know, we we're creating magic together. We're magnetizing our dreams together. And that devotional energy can really kick that genital erotic primal energy and kind of bring it up to the kind of highest connection. That's dope. (laughs) I think in Hinduism, they say that your stranger is God. And so they have this incredible hospitality in Hinduism Mm. because treating you is as if they're serving God. And uh, it's a little bit, I feel like to me, what you're saying Mm -hmm. is just serving without expectation or desire to get something back and both being in this mindset, it's just going to take everything to another level. Yeah. And, and help get through the mucky parts with, with more meaning. That's not just grinding it out as an, animal in this kind of tough society but that we're again magical beings that we can kind of we can have a story of life that's beautiful and beyond the kind of bumps in the road that's awesome well yeah peter that was fucking amazing <laughs> so glad to talk <laughs> always you. always love having you on man uh thank you so much for being here i really appreciate it anything else you want to tell anybody where should they find you uh and yeah. so they can look up this course, connect with you. Yeah. So Peter Craig counseling is my Instagram handle. I'll post our course coming up there so you can check that out and stay tuned. Sweet. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. It's a great combo. <laughs> that was an amazing episode. I always love having Peter on. He has so much information and juicy nuggets to offer uh, all you guys, my listeners. So Thank you so much for listening. I super appreciate it. Take an opportunity to go back through the old episodes. Listen to uh, the first episode I did with Peter. I think it's episode three. And please share this with somebody, whether it's your partner or a friend you think would really benefit from this episode. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Bodies by Brent. Brent has been a personal trainer for 16 years, and he's going to be here to help you get the body and health you've always wanted. Thanks for checking out the show, and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. If you have an idea or topic for the show, maybe you want to be on the show, and you're interested in working with Brent, visit our Instagram at bodiesbybrentatx. See you next time on Bodies by Brent. Brent.